Hello, everybody, and welcome back to The Front Porch, your friendly neighborhood podcast. Uh, today, I have the honor to be sitting here with Nick, um, close friend, great coworker. And what are we talking about today, Nick? Um, well, I think you guys brought me on to talk about audio, right? We did bring you to talk about audio. So one of the things that you might have noticed at the beginning of this video is that we actually used a slate. For those of you who are wondering what the slate is used for, Nick, why don't you give us a little insight as to what that's used for? Oh, man. Put me on the spot here. Um, <laughs> so a slate is used for syncing the audio and video um, for production because a lot of times um, audio can be lost when it gets, when you're filming a lot, a lot of data, things can get lost. So it's a lot easier when you can sync it up and yeah. And a lot of the times too, we use different recording systems for it and you can use different audio recording mechanisms that are going to just give you better sound quality rather than an internal camera. So fun fact for the day, there you are. So Nick, tell us a little bit about your audio journey, because obviously when I first met you in college, you were pretty heavy into more of the audio land when we were on sets, because every set I was on, you were always audio team, I was camera team. So um, give us a little bit of background on that knowledge. Sure. So I started, I guess if I go ever to go way back to my musical beginnings, I started playing the drums in fifth grade. Nice. Um, I was a percussionist and I did that until right into the beginning of college. Um, so that was probably the most important thing in my life. It wasn't like a side fun band thing. Like that's all I did was I played the drums. Um, and then in high school, that's when I started doing video editing. So that kind of take the, took the front hole of just, I liked making videos. Um, and then in college I found a way to kind of incorporate my love for music and editing in a way where I was able to focus on sound design and music, but also video is kind of, there's a rhythm to video too. Um, so I, I, I found a way to kind of incorporate two things I really, really like together. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And what kind of classes were you taking? Um, we took everything from just audio production, um, which is basic, just, you know, here's how to press record and here's the best practice for putting a mic in front of somebody. Yeah. Um, to sound design classes where you're learning how a soundscape is built in a movie because a lot of times people might not realize it that there's just there's so much more than what what's meets the eye i guess or what meets the ear you guess i oh, <laughs> oh okay um so that was like super cool and then we did um the first onset experiences we had a summer film program which I'm, i know you're familiar with um where we actually got to make a short film with the college mm -hmm. and uh that was really cool because i was able to do on-set audio with a team and we were able to do all types of different um setups and i don't know really cool experience yeah shout out to joe mccarger yes joe mccarger awesome, awesome professor that we had um this is this just randomly popped in my head so this might throw you for another loop did you guys march in high school when you were doing the drums? Oh, yeah. Like, because when I think of marching, I'm from the Holland, Zealand area. So we have Tulip Time. And that was like the event. Like, the band's like, oh, we march in the Tulip, Tulip time. time period. And I'm like, Where, what does he have to march? But we you probably had football games. And we did. So we did. Uh, what did we do? We did. We did competitive marching band. So every, every semester or every semester, Drum every line. year. We would have uh, not just drumline, but as a as a whole, we had the whole band 
and we did like a performance, whatever the theme. One year we did like Carmen, we did um, like military themes, uh, but I was referencing the movie Drumline, but I get Oh, I, yeah. I, yeah. I, yeah. I, every time I bring up, yeah, every time I bring up drums, people are like, oh, it's like Drumline, right? I'm like, maybe <laughs> not for me, though. <laughs> it wasn't like that for me. Um, but we, the big event that we marched in was we did the Macy's, or not Macy's, the Detroit mm. Thanksgiving Day Parade. Yeah. Is that the Macy's Day Parade? No. No? That's, that's New York. Okay. We didn't go I'm to New sure York. I'm sure each city has some sort of sponsored sure. Thanksgiving Day Parade, but Detroit probably has some. Fancy yeah. name. That one that one's horrendous though, because it's like fifteen degrees outside, Mm-mm. freezing rain, and you're walking a couple miles. You can't feel your hands no. carrying like a forty five pound set of drums. Hitting it with yeah. the, and then the other of the stick just ooh. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah, you catch the rim with your finger. Oh man, good night. <laughs> but uh the other end of the spectrum was once a I think it's like once every four years we go to Disney oh, nice. and we get to march down Main Street. So that was that was a really cool experience. Yeah. Or that one's just really hot and you can't <laughs> wait to take off all your gear. <laughs> well, I was in orchestra, so I didn't have the luxury of marching. But so for the video then, as you were kind of referencing um, just to um, all of your stuff through college to being on that short film, a lot of the times when we think of audio, especially to the common person, we just think of dialogue. Sure. What else do you classify into the world of film audio? Sure. So the three main components for film audio would be dialogue, your sound effects, and your music. Sound effects can encompass everything from your um, someone closing a door and you hearing the sound of that action happening, but also the rustling of someone's clothes, which would be fully to ambient sound of, you know, if you're outdoors, just a little rustle through the trees and stuff. Um, and for our viewers that do not know what Foley is, do you mind giving us a brief little description of what it is? Sure. Uh, so Foley is, it's, it's kind of an art in itself yeah. where people watch along. There's a group of people that kind of sit in a room and they watch the movie um, after it's edited mm-hmm. and they try to fill in the sounds of actions we see on screen. So if someone's carrying a paper bag, they're, they have paper in their hands, they're trying to emulate that, that sound. If someone's walking outside on a, piece, on a slab of concrete, they're putting on those shoes and they're matching their feet to make it sound like it's actually there because you can't capture those sounds a lot of times while you're actually filming. The most important thing is capturing the dialogue. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you have all those sound effects happening, on set that kind of interfere with the the dialogue so this is like the best approach to having the cleanest audio yeah Yeah. i've often heard too that like with foley a lot of the times it's effects that you wouldn't be able to find in a sound library or they're just not something you can generate through computer automated sounds or whatever like that so it's the way for them to capture that real like sound sure yeah your shirt, your stuff like that, that you wouldn't be able to pick up on set. Yeah. And there's a lot of basic things. Like I mentioned, like a paper bag or someone's clothes rustling, but you can get really innovative with how you do things where you might be needing to create the sound of a helicopter in some other planet, like on some planet in an atmosphere that doesn't exist. So they have to get innovative or they'll take like, I don't know, a weed whacker and just start putting weird stuff in it and spinning it around to see what kind of sound it makes, you know? Absolutely. So now that you mentioned that, I've got three sound effects that are commonly known in the film world that I want to have you. You haven't seen these yet, 
I want you to try and guess what the sound effect was made out of. Does that sound right? There are yeah. things you have definitely heard before. Okay. Let's, so let's the first one, you've seen Lord of the Rings, correct? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is an issue. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, for those that are wondering, <laughs> do you know, have you seen any scenes of the Ring Wraith? I believe that's how they're pronounced. I've only seen Lord of the Rings <laughs> once, guys. Sorry. Um, no. No. <laughs> well, Dane has, and Liberty, Liberty has as well. And I'm sure Donnie doing audio has definitely seen it. <laughs> But the sound used for that was actually from plastic red solo cups and ping pong balls. The sound of what? The ring race. Like their what's, presence. What's it's just this kind of eerie, screechy kind of. The ring like race? Ring wraiths. The bad Rapes. people. Yeah. Those are the enemies? Yeah. All right. I think <laughs> this is a whole other topic. We I think you might have just started day. something and I'm not going to hear the this end one, of it. This so. one. I know you've seen. <laughs> okay. The T-Rex, referring to the original Jurassic Park. Oh, you know, how, how they made those sounds? Yeah, because obviously a dinosaur, you can't go record <laughs> a dinosaur sound. Sure. So do you know what components were mixed together to make the sound of the T-Rex? I might be wrong, but I could have swore I have they, three of them down. Okay. There's three things. I believe it was they took... Like is it reptiles or just any animal sounds, and they they just pitched them down and slowed them down, right? Is that one of them, or maybe? Yeah, I have three animals. Oh, listed. three animals specifically. Yeah, they were all slowed and modulated to okay. make the sound. Do you have any guess on the animals? Oh man, um, I'd say a turtle. Nope. Oh man, <laughs> <laughs> do turtles make a sound? <laughs> Oh, uh, wait, let me think. Let me think. Uh, You're on the right track with the reptile. Think bigger. Can you make the sound for me real quick? So I can... <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you one. Okay. Alligator. Alligator. Okay. Crocodile? No. <laughs> <laughs> we have, we have, I'll give it the two. Okay, wait, 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 wait. Um, a snake. Nope. You're, you're far off the track now. It was an <laughs> elephant, a tiger, and an alligator. Oh, and they did they combine the three they of them? They combine the three of them, pitch modulate them, and slow them down, and that's the T-Rex. And it has still been the T-Rex sound, even in the newer movies. They didn't change it at all. It's the original from the... But I'm not off, though. I, it, no, it, was, you, it was slowed on animals. Yeah, yeah I, just, I just didn't know what animals now, they were. This one you should know. Okay. Iron Man 3. They brought in some new sound design. So the Iron Man suits... Um, specifically when the legs are walking, that sound effect of the like metal. The legs of. walking in yeah. Iron Man 3. This one's a fun story. Oh, man. I'll give you a little fun can you, little Can you thing. give me like I'm a gonna hit? Pr- I'm going to I'm gonna push you in the right direction. <laughs> okay. The people, when they recorded this, went to a Toys R Us and recorded it in the aisle at Toys R Us. Didn't Toys R Us closed before in Michigan? Iron I Man think Michigan, Michigan still has a couple of them. Okay. I'm giving you 10 seconds. <laughs> 10 seconds. It's hard. Um, I wish I, I should have pulled up the sound so you could hear them. But yeah, if I could, if I could <laughs> hear it. <laughs> then you'd be like, oh, that's clearly yeah. it was RC cars. RC cars. Yeah, little remote control RC cars. Oh. They would just, <laughs> just go back and forth through the aisles that... and just pitch modulate. I thought you meant like the sound of like his feet hitting, hitting the ground. ground. Mm-hmm. Poor, poor, poor uh, clarification on my end. Yeah, I, I mean, I would have nailed it if I could hear it. Yeah, I would have hit it. I, I no problem. That. So with us, we obviously do a lot of video production. One of the biggest things for us is dialogue. 
um, not specifically like scripted stuff. I mean, we do that, but also we do a lot of interviews. So what's the most practical way to capture that audio that we capture it at least? Uh, so for most things that we do, we'll have a, a boom that hangs above the person speaking. And that can, that's probably the clearest way you can pick up someone, someone's audio and get that natural reverb. Um, but another way, a boom microphone <laughs> for the audience. <laughs> Have you guys seen Star Wars? Uh, a boom <laughs> is a microphone that's actually kind of shaped like the one we're speaking into right now. Um, it's a cylindrical tool that picks up audio very directionally. Um, so you would have that pointed at the mouth and that's going to pick up the clearest, most full audio that you can get. Um, another source is through the lavalier mic, which is kind of what it sounds like. It's a mic you clip onto someone's clothes or hide it in a way where it's closer to their mouth and it's picking up the audio um, in settings where you can't have a, a boom. So if the shot's a little too wide, you can't get that boom close enough to someone's face, yeah. I guess. You could... Just have use one of those, and often referred to as the news microphone. A lot of new old news. I don't even know if they still do it in the news. I don't watch the news, but I don't watch the news. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when it comes to films, then what's the um, I guess when it comes to dialogue, how are they recording those? Because obviously, when we're doing like a I don't know a commercial shoot, it's really easy for us to set our talent down and say here you go here's your mic speak into it whereas yeah. sound on set can often be pretty difficult do you have any examples from when you were on for the birds um how are you miking up them or situations that people wouldn't even realize sure uh so i guess for like interviews a lot of times they're usually wearing business clothes or really they're wearing more traditional clothes in general yeah. so it's really easy to clip them a lot of times you don't even really necessarily need to hide them. Mm. Um, but on set for a film, you you can't see mics. So you kind of have to get a little more innovative with how you hook people up with stuff to yep. make sure they're not seen. Mm -hmm. So if someone's just wearing a tank top, you have to strategically, you know, place that along the strap of their shoulder and make sure you can't see the wire. Um, another thing is you can use moleskin where you can use that so it kind of protects the mic and attach it to someone's skin or the clothes they're wearing underneath their clothes. Um, we actually had a funny situation where we were one day filming in a, a really, really hot car garage. Mm. And it was the hottest day of the summer. Everybody's sweaty. We bring in this guy. He's a big guy. Um, SAG actor. He was a SAG, SAG actor, SAG yes. Actor. He was Mr. Big Guy for us. Yes, yeah, so and he was the shop owner. And uh, <laughs> we were having a problem with attaching the mic to him because he was a very hairy and sweaty guy. <laughs> so <laughs> the mic was getting like soaking wet and the moleskin was getting... It wasn't sticking. It was not sticking. And a lot of those shots too, I, I remember we, there was no way to boom those. No, no. But yeah, there's you have to find interesting ways to, to mic people up. And um, if you aren't able, because in some situations you're not always able to get the clearest audio, um, say you're filming in an uncontrolled set outside and there's cars going by and that's interfering with the dialogue that's when you have to go into a place where you have to re-record that audio in post-production otherwise known as ADR, ADR. which is auto automated dialogue replacement thanks I believe so but in that situation too they're just sitting they're re-watching their 
the visuals yeah and they just sit in the booth and re-record and try and match the tone kind of almost like what they do with uh animation yeah animation they do the same thing but this one you have a little bit it'd be pretty spot on with adr i think yeah and a lot of artists artists talent they have it in their contract too where they after filming you know six months down the road they might have to come back and yeah. and work through those lines again and try to hit that same inflection mm-hmm. um but Oftentimes with ADR too, the audio might be recorded clean on set, but maybe the inflection or the way th- the way that it was intended to be said really isn't resonating with the director or editor. So they have to come in and say it a slightly different way where it still matches. Um, yeah, really, really cool process. We yeah. got to do a little bit of that too. So is there has there ever been a movie that you can think of that has had issues with dialogue? And I don't mean recording wise sure. but i'm going more even into the mix now okay um i'd say the the ones that stick into my mind the most which are some of my favorite movies are pretty much anything christopher nolan makes from uh the dark knight series uh inception uh tenet dunkirk all of those Maybe. movies a lot of times have really grand action that's mm-hmm. happening on the screen and dialogue can just be intel unintelligible at times. Yeah. Um, but I guess that's a, a personal choice. Yeah. <laughs> this is, the audio is recorded perfectly fine on set. He yeah. just chooses to make it harder to hear. Yeah. I have it listed as like, um, I think it was the editor, sound editor from whiplash often was trying to defend Nolan or something like that I don't know but he references sounds as like a lot of the times we'll go into a theater and we'll expect to hear this like crystal clear like I don't know if an action happens where an explosion or I don't know some grand thing we often expect it to be this crystal clear audio whereas like if you think of it even in real life not often too many times where you hear something crystal clear like I can hear this buzz from the light behind me and like in a movie I would my mind would kind of like want it to be this crystal clear buzz, but I don't know. Yeah. It, it's, but. Yeah. But it's, but it's, it's another way to kind of tell the story. You know, you yeah. have Matthew McConaughey shooting off into space, maybe to never return again. Yeah. And the overwhelming sound of like flying to space, like that's just, that's very daunting. That's mm-hmm. a big move. So like what he's saying just commands or whatever, like that doesn't really matter all yeah. that much. So then we'll bring us into sound effects. Okay. Do you want to talk a little bit about how sound effects are used in the mix? Sometimes, obviously, we talked briefly about Foley, so Foley would come mm-hmm. into some of that sound effects. So, um, yeah, what do you want to fill us in on some sound effect knowledge? So I guess there's there's two different ways sound, I mean, there's multiple different ways sound effects can be used, but yeah. two main ones are syn- synchronous and asynchronous sounds, mm-hmm. I say that correctly, um, where a synchronous sound would be someone's playing the piano and you hear the piano right where an asynchronous sound would be a sound effect that's used to kind of sell it could sell the environment that Mm -hmm. they're in um or emphasize things that people are saying or doing uh add a little more dramatic effect even though it might not necessarily be that action might not be seen yeah yeah you know of any examples i can think of one while you were just speaking um, again, referencing for the birds, when we were doing the sound mix for that, I remember 
obviously the theme has to do with there's birds involved with it. And so we played off that. And um, the garage owner, when you were talking about him, there's when he's outside, there's this not distinctively, but you will hear some sounds of crows. Um, and that was decided to be thrown in there to kind of just heighten the characteristics of that character. Whereas other characters had different bird sounds that were often revealed sure. throughout. So that was the one that first came to my mind. Uh, I guess an example that's, I can't think of a specific movie, but a good example that I, that comes to my mind is say you have like a, a married couple in a verbal argument and mm-hmm. it's like climactic scene in the movie. In the background, you might hear and like ambulances going by, um, unrelated to like what's happening, but at the same time, it's very much really selling what's going on. Like it's a big deal. It's an like an emergency. It's yes. like it's I don't know. It's another way to just sell the emotion. Yeah, no, absolutely. Do you have any favorite sound effects that you like to listen to that you've heard in movies that stick out? favorite sound effects have you, do you know of the Wilhelm scream so that's that's the one <laughs> I, guess, I guess that's the one that i get excited about when i hear in a movie or a, a show or anytime i think even in like the super bowl recently i think i heard it in a commercial um it's kind of i feel like it's this unspoken thing that a lot of sound editors try to sneak in mm-hmm. um sometimes they do it really subtly and other times it's not so subtle you know star wars i think was the origin of that was it not no no really have you ever seen the clip of the origin have you have you seen the original clip it's uh the it's a i forgot what the movie is called but the character's name is something pt wilhelm or something like that but he actually is shot by an arrow and falls into the water i i recently watched this while we were going over some of these notes but i had never knew yeah oh i had no he's idea. crossing this river and he gets shot by a bow and arrow and just does so, the scream. so was it then it's from like the 50s i think but would you agree then though that star wars kind of made that oh yeah famous yeah okay. no I, had, I wish i had the document in front of me i was reading about it a little bit but it's used it was used in like 500 different medias as of 2020 wow and star wars has used it i think in every single episode that they've done so fun little fact yeah. go look for it Go yeah, you'll, <laughs> I wish, yeah, maybe Austin can play something right now. Copyright. Nope. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah. That's probably, uh, you can probably use that, right? I could probably use that. <laughs> so, scores. How are scores used um, throughout films to kind of, I guess, where do scores start, I guess, if that's a good starting point. Do they, do you have a composer writing a score for the film or is it after the film is complete or is it sometimes just very based on the film um so scores are interesting because you can it really depends on the movie and the composer themselves a lot of times say someone busy like Hans Zimmer he's got a score 50 movies this year or something yeah. like that. I don't know how many actually it's a score <laughs> but he's getting that a lot of time and he might be getting the movie later on he might not even see the movie but he is given kind of a direction and then they they work with the theme they're like say darth vader mm. john williams this is your character yeah. they have to create this theme for the character without really seeing it mm-hmm. um and this would all happen after the movie's even shot but then you have some artists 
like one of my favorite is uh, Ludwig Gorenson. He was worked on Black Panther. Um, won an Oscar. He has won an Oscar. Yes. Um, also, he's one of my favorite rappers. Producer, they Childish Gambino, mm. Donald Glover. I don't know if yep. you're familiar. They uh, met on the set of Community, hmm. and he's produced like most of his music. Oh wow! Yeah, Mandalorian, Mandalorian. soundtrack, Boba Fett. Mandalorian is that's fantastic a fantastic soundtrack. Mm-hmm. But uh, you showed me the video of him. I think it was for the Mandalorian. It was yeah. just his kind of him and his studio kind of dissecting what the sounds came from. Yeah. So for for Black Panther, mm-hmm. he went to Africa and just hung out there for a month or two and he just recorded just the native people performing music on their own instruments and kind of would use that as inspiration and sampling for what the what the soundtrack would end up being, which is which is really cool because it's he's doing that before the movie's even being filmed or while the movie's being filmed, but yeah. he doesn't know what's really happening. He just kind of has general ideas of you know, this person will have kind of a theme. This mm-hmm. person will have a theme. This will be kind of like the overarching sound. Yeah. Um, yeah, really cool approach. Do scores often themselves? What Like, I think uh, I'm trying to think of the best way to word this when it comes to emotion. Um, how do we use audio in films to help with emotional scenes? Because obviously we'll watch like, an actor and they can get a give a really compelling scene maybe they're upset or angry but i feel like often it's the soundtrack or the score that really drives home the the emotions i guess i don't know where i'm going with that i was gonna say it sounds like it sounds like you just just kind of answered your own own question (laughs) but like also just like the fact that yeah scores can also just be used to enhance emotional scenes throughout movies i guess which yeah. is just interesting because oftentimes i think people go for the visuals mm-hmm. where it's like hey film is 50 50 because if you don't have the audio in there big deal yeah and i've i've in my own personal projects i've i've put the cut together and i would just be like man i don't think this is this isn't doing what i wanted to do mm-hmm. And then once you start adding those sound elements, you start adding your music in, that's when it really kind of takes its shape. Yeah. Um, which I don't know if a lot of people really realize it because mm-hmm. it's it might not be right in front of them, but it's it's happening and it's just kind of happening in the background. Yeah, no, for sure. Do you have a favorite score from a movie or favorite scores? Mm-hmm. Um, I did some research and some common... Um, themes or common movies that were listed as top scores of all time are Forrest Gump. Okay. The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, a lot of people reference The Empire Strikes Back, but I think they should just put Star Wars in general. But Jaws, Back to the Future, Dark Knight, Lord of the Rings, and Lion King. Okay. Those were the most common top 10 between all of them. I've seen some of those movies. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I not like, joking. I've seen just some. I, I don't watch a lot of movies. <laughs> you good, Liberty? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to um, say which ones. <laughs> he has not seen 
Jaws. No, I'm just kidding. That's probably the only one. Because <laughs> uh, I had to. What are some of your favorites? Um, so I guess a more conventional. A lot of these are older too. They're not even. I mean, Dark Knight's probably the most recent from that list. Sure. Dark Knight. Dark Knight's up there for me. Um, specifically, Dark Knight Rises. Any anything with Bane, I I really liked the. I think I watched a, an interview with Hans Zimmer of how he recorded that. Just really cool how he brought in like these choirs to do chants and would just bring in these like rooms full of drummers and just beat on the drums. Everybody just beat on the drums, um, like maybe 50 people. And it's just really cool how that kind of translates over to the video mm-hmm. and just makes it a lot more intense. And uh, just the way they use the motifs of some of the sounds throughout that movie. That's that's probably one of my favorites from your list. Um, one of my favorites, though, which is kind of a little bit unconventional, would be Baby Driver. Mm. Um, I know you're a fan of Baby Driver as well. Good one. Uh, that one's a little bit different because it's using songs that... It's not a score that was made for the movie. It was a score using songs that already existed, mm-hmm. but the film was written and cut and built completely around the soundtrack which was just kind of a different way kind of going back to the origin of you know audio in video mm-hmm. um like in the late 1920s sound was so in, it was so fresh and new and it was it was such an important aspect of video to the point where a sound editor could just call cut at any point if something wasn't working cuz they'd record them at the exact same time yeah. from the instruments being played to if a horse is walking the coconuts. I mean, I'm Mm -hmm. sure everybody's seen that gag before, but everything had to happen. And then as advancements in technology happened, it just wasn't as important, I guess. Um, You could just do it all in post. As long as you got clean dialogue, you could do it all in post. All that mattered was videos. I feel like video kept getting pushed in a way where it needed to progress, Mm -hmm. but audio kind of took a backseat to a lot of people. Um, And that's why they're often the joke on set too. Where yeah. it's like, oh, we got to hold for sound. Like nobody wants to give them the respect, but in the reality, they're half the movie. Honestly, without it, your movie's not good. Exactly, and I think I think a movie like Baby Driver really brought that brought that to the forefront because it found a way to. So how they actually filmed it was it was not a not necessarily like a a musical in a way. But a lot of the actions that happened on the screen was to the rhythm of the music. Mm. And they had an editor on set that was monitoring the the music and the actions. And then he was in real time cutting that video and they wouldn't move on until they made sure that that all matched up, which was really cool. So it kind of paid homage to how it used to be, you know? Yeah. Whiplash? <laughs> Whiplash. Like, do you like Whiplash? I really like Whiplash, yes. Um, I used to... I had to burn CDs in my old car and I just would have the whiplash soundtrack on a CD. I would just listen to that on loop. Um, because yes, I, I did a little jazz drumming. I, I'm a little familiar with the, the movie. Well, yeah. This whiplash is a little more dramatic than what I experienced, but <laughs> you didn't have anything thrown at you. No, nothing. Well, no. <laughs> um, I'm just looking through the Oscars. I wrote down some of the Oscar winners from the past couple of years. So Soul last year was okay. That's a good movie. Score. Good sound. Um, Joker. Sure. Black Panther, obviously we mentioned. Shape of Water, La La Land, uh, Hateful Eight, 
social network and then i went way back and found uh schindler's list because i have not seen that movie and i have been in trouble because i've not seen that movie but i've heard the score and it's great so me too yeah um here's a fun fact for you i guess that we can play off of do you know who did the score for the lion king Am I gonna be in trouble if I don't know? The no, answer? no. It was news. Like, I mean, I grew up with that movie, and obviously, when I'm younger, I'm not worrying about. No, don't say it. Um, I'm not worrying about the score. I don't um, think I've, I don't think I've seen. But it King. surprised me when I found out who did the score. You got any guesses? <laughs> I don't think I've seen The Lion King. Hans Zimmer. Okay. <laughs> you haven't seen The Lion King? I don't think so. Oh my. People, we are in trouble. Um, no, I just thought it was funny because I feel like a lot of it, maybe it's just because of my generation and the way uh, I was raised. But like Hans to me was always a like more recent composer. And for yeah. me to be like, wait, he did Lion King. Kind of like those random things you find like Josh or Josh. Is it Josh or Josh? Josh Whedon. Whedon. It's no H, right? Yeah. Do you know he he was a part of Toy Story? I did not know that, no. Hmm. Yeah. What did he do? Uh, he was a script. Yeah. But like just all those weird little connections that I would have never put Hans Zimmer into uh, the Lion King soundtrack. But now that I know that I hear it, I'm like, oh. That's Hans. That's, that's Hans. my guy, Hans. <laughs> <laughs> so what's the most important or what's the biggest takeaway um, for you when it comes to audio in our productions? That's like a generic question. It's a terrible question. But you want to, you want to re-ask that? Yeah, <laughs> I'm, so, to, I'm just trying to think of like a good way to wrap things up. So obviously, sound is very important, and I think we deal with all of three of the big components every time we go out on a video. So, what's the biggest takeaway for people um, who may not know anything about sound um, to just get from this podcast episode? I guess just next time you sit down and watch a movie or watch a video, just, I don't want to say close your eyes, but just like just try to focus on what you're listening to. Um, you'll notice things that you've never noticed that kind of made the story feel more complete and you didn't even realize it. So I guess just challenge yourself to just watch a movie, listen closely, and you'll, you'll really realize how much work can be put into a soundtrack and really how much it can add to the music or add to the, um, emotion of the film or just the story itself or do the inverse watch a movie without the sound and you'll see how much the sound really does for the movie um yeah, yeah. i even just thinking about that i was just quickly thinking of the stories i've heard of jaws um just the the soundtrack would put fear in people that they wouldn't actually want to go like to the ocean or anything for a while and like for me knowing how old jaws is and at the time like it's really easy for me to put a disconnect and be like it's a movie but at the time when that movie came out like people were actually scared and like john williams score really actually put the fear in people of like shark attacks and it's that. it's just a simple half step up on the piano it's yeah. one key and then a half step up yeah, and going just, back and forth that's all it is but it just fear made million it made millions <laughs> scared it made millions <laughs> Well, if anything, this is our plea for you guys to fix your audio setup at home and, 
get some better audio speakers, surround sound, whatever, because audio is just as important as that 60 inch TV that you have that's 4K and HDR. So keep that in mind next time you go to Best Buy. Nick, thank you for having or not having us. Thank you for being on the podcast, man. And uh, enlightening us with some of your audio knowledge and we look forward to the next couple podcasts and don't forget to subscribe, like, do all those things. And um, thank you very much, man. Yeah, thank you. Now get off the porch. These chairs don't slide very well. (laughs) Oh, <laughs>